Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Waukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers on the web at milwcar.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, of course, it's Dennis Michelson from racetalkradio.com. How are you doing today, Dennis? Mr. Z, another pleasant Saturday afternoon. Where would I rather be than uh, visiting with you fine folks in Milwaukee? And we started off the show talking about Indianapolis and the Indianapolis 500, Takuma Sato's win, and then we went to Monaco, talked to Eddie Lapine about the Monaco Grand Prix, and of course, we we closed the show with the world 600 now if we want to be accurate what we should do we should talk about it for about five minutes and then should we break and then come back about 6 p.m tonight and talk about it talk, finish the <laughs> yeah, show off? That, that seems to be the way it uh it should have been played out with a little rain delay uh theater involved and and then so we can actually play a rewind of uh last week's show yeah um, so that'll that'll fill the gap and fill the time, and and then we'll be all set for the second half. Personally, um, I loved it. I loved it because I was able to watch the last segment live at home on TV after being in yeah, Indianapolis. For, for folks coming back from Indy, it was perfect timing for those that had to get up on Monday morning uh, to go to work. Uh, what? It was, it Who was goes wrong, to work man? on Monday? Hey. It, you know, when when you're working in the big car business, that's a big sale, say, my man. Yeah, I understand. Anyways, let's talk about Austin Dillon and those perfectly and, and those perfectly perfect eyebrows of his. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I, got, I, I got him on now, that one, I didn't was, I, Jeff? You sure did. <laughs> I was. I'm as underwhelmed as Kyle Bush was after the race. Um, you know, this was, you know, I'm a big NASCAR fan, right? Is there anybody who is a bigger NASCAR fan than Laurie Monroe and myself? Probably not. Maybe Richard Petty. Yeah, maybe Richard Petty. Um, what about Snot? Snot Willard? I can't. Well, Snot's been really angry at NASCAR okay. ever since they suspended him over that Marlboro thing uh, back when Winston was a sponsor. Well, we won't go there because it, it makes him sad when he hears it because he's a big fan of yours. Um, but anyway, that race was 600 miles. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. It was 565 miles of boredom with 35 miles of, or, of action. All right, that's, that's what, what it usually is, isn't it? That's what we had. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's usually some real action in that race. And here was the biggest problem that I had on Sunday night, is other than having to stay awake, uh, because it wasn't exactly the most thrilling race. So it was sort of a, a cure for insomnia in many ways. I can't figure out if it was the fact that the race was so awful and so predictable and so blah, or whether it was just that in comparison to the Indianapolis 500, which gave 
everything that you'd ever want in a race fan, because I'm assuming most race fans, well, they won't admit it, they like to see crashes, but they don't want to see anybody get seriously hurt or killed. Um, But it had spectacular crashes. It had lots of great maneuvering for the lead. It had a Cinderella story of sorts with Takuma Sato, who has given so much to this sport and I think is a pretty cool guy, getting the win. I mean, it just had a little bit of everything. And the racing on the track was just so outrageously great that you just almost had to hold your breath for 500 miles. And then you get to NASCAR, which usually, in the past, NASCAR always put on a better show in the evening with the 600-mile race than Indy did. Now, Indy had the prestige and there was usually some really outstanding things that happened in the race to make it memorable. And heck, it's Indianapolis. It's the 500. It's a big deal. But the last few years, the folks at, at, at the IndyCar series have really figured out this aero package. And I know there's a lot of old-time fans like myself even that miss the days when you could tell who was coming down the stretch, not by necessarily even the color of the car, but the shape of the car. You had different cars there, and it made it fun because you never knew what you were going to get for the month of May. Those days are gone. They're never going to come back. So the next best thing to all of that excitement every year is having a race that was just knocked down, drag out, exciting, and that they fit the bill. So I'm not so sure whether the NASCAR race was as horrible as it could be or whether it was just horrible in comparison with the Indy 500, which was the, one of the, again, the, one of the most amazing races I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's uh, Steve asked me to lead off the show what I heard about NAS, you know, about the the 600, and and I said that most of what I heard is wow, the the Indy 500 was so fantastic, and the 600 was such a snoozer. And you know, I I completely agree with you. You know, again, one of the the marquee races of the year, and you know, not. Minus the rain delay, which obviously I'm sure tuned a lot of people out and stuff like that, but you know there was very little action, and and it was it was hard to watch. It was it was just it was hard to watch, and then it turned into a fuel mileage race. Yeah, you had a great twenty lap battle between Jimmy Johnson and Martin Truex in the first half of the race in the second segment, and then that was it. You know after. A crash on the track, you know, Johnson got shuffled back a little bit. So did Martin Truex. He had different characters up front. Clean air was king, and boom, way up to a big lead again. You know, I just don't get it. You've got such aero-dependent cars like you have in the IndyCar series and at the Indianapolis 500 that's really big on downforce. And those cars don't get aero-tight around each other. And you can actually slingshot for the pass. And you can actually make a move on the outside if you get a good run. And then you got NASCAR, which should not be as aero-dependent. And they cannot make a pass. And then when they do get up alongside each other for a little while, they don't have the horsepower to finish the pass. I don't get it. I don't know how you turn stock car racing 
into Formula One with fenders, and you turn the IndyCar series into what we used to see in NASCAR with great slingshot passing. You know, whatever the folks at IndyCar have done, they've done right. Whatever the folks at NASCAR have done for their mile-and-a-half package, they've clearly done wrong. Because even some of the biggest homers for the sport have been complaining about the lack of action at the All-Star Race and then the 600 in back-to-back weeks. At least there's finally some recognition that there's a problem. But, of course, NASCAR will just change to Robles instead of fixing the problem that ails them. And that's kind of where we are with NASCAR management right now. Maybe we need a 600-mile road course race next year. (laughs) Oh, please. We don't need any more gimmicks in this sport. What we need is to fix the aero package. Now, I've heard rumors, and so far they're just rumors because nobody has actually shown a spec on the new car rules for 2018 yet. But I've heard a rumor that the splitter might be going away in favor of what they're going to call an air dam, which would be similar to, remember when the, the old Luminas were running right. back in the day? They had the air dam instead of the front valence, and it sort of worked better than, than the splitter does. I still say, go back to dirtying up the air on these cars really big and give them back horsepower and, and let the real drivers go ahead and, and run. Otherwise, you're going to have, you know, participation trophies um, and guys like Austin Dillon happening to be there at the right time when everybody else runs out of fuel. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure it'll get better at Dover this week. I'm not so sure. <laughs> the, last few, the last few races at Dover, and yeah, Dover used to be that race that just absolutely twice a year wowed you with everything that happened because a guy could be out there to a six-second lead like Mark Martin was one year, and have a spin with some lapped cars, and all of a sudden he's caught up in in mayhem. Um, And and then, you know, you used to have the giant rubber band there at at Dover. It didn't matter how long of of a lead a guy got. Somewhere along the line, towards the end of the race, everybody would come back on him, and, you know, lap traffic played a part, and and also just the, the tire wear played a part and guys could could make these great big passes in the end and unfortunately less horsepower less passing you'd think that the brilliant minds at nascar would kind of understand that but so many people think that dan gurney was wrong and that's showing how wrong they are because you know what dan gurney used to say Cut down on the downforce, yep. increase the horsepower, and it's going to give you better racing all the time. And uh, that Dan Gurney guy, he's pretty smart. I think I'd listen. He certainly is. Uh, of course, talking to Dennis Michelson from racetalkradio.com. Let's do some predictions for this week at Dover. Jeff, what says you? I'll take Jimmy Johnson. I like that pick. I'm going to go Brad Keselowski. How about you, Dennis? I'm going to take, let me see. I'm going to take Martin Truex Jr. Okay, a little revenge for the week. Very good. I like it. And uh, what's coming up on uh, Race Talk Radio and the next segment? Well, Lori and I will be uh, trying to figure out whether the the 
600 was that awful or whether it was that the Indianapolis uh, 500 was that great. And we're actually going to talk a little bit more about Indy, too, because, quite frankly, NASCAR bored the heck out of us this week. But uh, we're going to have a good time, as we always do. So stick around for more interesting talk with Lori and I later in the show. Are you going to grade the booger that Kyle Busch picked out of his nose in the uh, <laughs> press conference there? That was just one of the most disturbing things I've ever watched. <laughs> I just... You know, there's a Seinfeld episode about that, and that was a full-blown dig. That was a dig. Yeah. Here, here's all I got to say about that. I am just so glad that, that we won't have to hear anybody mentioning how marriage and being a father has tamed down Kyle Bush and made him an old softy. <laughs> That's for sure. This is true. Dennis, we appreciate it as always, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you next week, sir. Thank you, Z-Man. Thank you. You are listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Make sure to get out there this weekend and with this beautiful weather, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Autocare Centers on the web at milwcar.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.